Hi, this is Chris McGregor of Discerning Hearts. The following program was recorded several years ago when my husband Bruce and I co-hosted together the Spirit Morning Show on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Our guests were the incredible Teresa Monahan of the Pro-Sanctity Movement and her good friend, Father John Seincheck. Our subject was the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Their insights and sheer joy at addressing the subject still resonate with us today, and we felt it would be good to pass their timeless teachings on to you, our Discerning Hearts listeners. So we're very happy to bring to you on this glorious solemnity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Teresa Monahan, and Father John Seincheck. Spirit Mornings with Bruce McGregor and Chris McGregor. We are joined again by Pro Sanctities, Teresa Monahan, and Teresa has another special guest for That's us right. today. Delighted to be here, and actually he's been here before. He's just 40 pounds less of himself. <laughs> My dear friend, Father John Sienchuk, who is from Winnipeg, Canada. He is um, a Ukrainian, Byzantine, Redemptorist, priest, and provincial of his order. And uh, we were classmates uh, many, many years ago. Many years ago. <laughs> That's right, Teresa. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. In Rome, Italy. Um, and I'll let Father say a, a few words why he's here and what's he, what he is doing. Uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm uh, from Winnipeg, as you mentioned, uh, where we have a, uh, a shrine to Blessed Martyr, Blessed Lasey Wolitschkowski, a redemptorist who uh, was uh, killed in 1973, martyred in 1973, and, and his body has happened... He died actually in, Winni- in Winnipeg after suffering in prison, and so his uh, holy relics are in Winnipeg, and we have the, the shrine there, which I'm in, in, in involved with very much and in charge of. And so I'm right now kind of traveling, traveling, visiting friends, and uh, I'm here today to... To take a little break. Take a little break. <laughs> yeah. So I drag him out of bed yeah, as we make our work. Well, it's so nice to have you with us again, Father. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and, just to, and just to clear it up for our listeners, too, that the Byzantine Rite is still under a, considered part of the yeah. the Catholic Rite. Right. It's not an Orthodox Catholic right. Church. Okay, exactly. So uh, anyone who participated at Assumption during, mm-hmm. under the Byzantine Rite, mm-hmm. uh, that was a, a valid uh, reception of the sacrament. Exactly. That's correct. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. We'll say a bit more about the celebration of the Immaculate Conception in the Byzantine Church because they actually celebrate... On the 9th of December. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, ah. so we get two full days wow. plus vigils on both nights. <laughs> 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 what a beautiful feast day. We really go back to our origins with the Immaculate Conception. We go back to the mind and heart of God. God the Father who had mercy on us, who even when we were unfaithful, stayed and remained faithful to us throughout the centuries. And at a designated time, um, sent a woman, and our Savior was born of a woman, a human person. And in the very early church, as early as 250 A.D., our Christian brothers and sisters were turning to Mary. And this is the oldest prayer we have to Mary. It's what it's um, called the Subtuum, S-U-B, and then T. W-M, subtuum, and I won't read it in, in Latin because I'll make a mess of it, but I would love if we would pray it in English as we begin our reflection on mm. the Immaculate Conception. Under cover of your motherly heart, we flee for refuge, Mother of God. Do not brush aside our entreaties in our stress, but rescue us from danger, you peerlessly holy and blessed. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
Very nice. Imagine the but the theology in this this reflection that goes back to the year 250. I mean, it's just really quite recent after the apostles finished writing. Mm -hmm. So already an awareness of of uh, Mary's um, uh, being not only the mother of God, but also our mother, your motherly heart, that we turn to her, that one of her key attributes is um, her care for us, her intercession for us, her presence to us, um, and that with her she is an associate or cooperator with God in rescuing us from sin and helping us to grow in holiness, mm -hmm. and that she herself, and this is the line, peerlessly holy and blessed you know the fullness of grace you know hail mary full of grace which is really the heart and soul of the feast of the immaculate conception when we stop and think about it so the the reflection today really for us is to think of how god has always thought of us and that he thought of mary first and foremost and chose her in a very particular way to be the mother of god so is she like us in everything, what's different between ourselves and Mary? What could be different between ourselves and Mary? For Bruce, he's a guy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> she has yeah, the identity as a female. She brings right. gender into the picture. <laughs> <laughs> All else fails, do that. Yeah. Well, she was conceived without sin, Okay, too, she so. was conceived without sin, and that's something to reflect on. I think... We have, and I have some wonderful reflections, absolutely delightful reflections on Mary who was conceived without sin. Because what does that mean that she was, first of all, let's just reflect on the fact that she was conceived without sin. And as a, as a, as a woman, conceived without sin, as a woman of, who was going to have a child, she who was conceived without sin conceived, she was, and conceived her, of course, her mm -hmm. mother, uh, with her father, Joachim, but then she conceived through whom? To have Jesus. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So we have that wonderful kind of one conception leads to another conception, and both conceptions are sinless. Both conceptions are sinless. So imagine, if we can today, just to pause and to recall Mary, who, conceived, who was conceived without sin. So the beauty of of her very being that it was that was sculpted that was designed that was ordained um, to be the place and space where the god of all universe would dwell mm. wow yeah. you know just the perfect place just mm. the perfect place i see father has a thoughtful look i'm gonna let him say a word <laughs> <laughs> no i, I i'm uh, i just reflecting upon the um uh, that phrase, full of grace, mm -hmm. um, how um, the Lord already, you can say, began this transformation of humanity uh, after the fall of Adam, uh, foresaw it in, in, his, in his wisdom, in his desire to become one, of, one with us, to take on our flesh. He already foresees this and, and, and uh, fills Mary with, with grace in the very moment of her existence. That means filled with the Holy Spirit. And... Uh, so that her whole mind, her whole body, she's, she's now given to God, um, filled with his presence, and uh, therefore becoming very holy. And therefore all her choices become holy choices. Um, this whole God breaking through. Um, also, I would say that it was, it's this full of grace is uh, a, a uh, beginning of the battle mm. uh, against evil. And where the light of Christ comes in, 
there's no room for darkness. And so the light of Christ walks into Mary's existence at her very beginning when she was conceived. The light of Christ fills her, filled her full of, full of grace, and therefore she, the evil had no room there, could not influence her, could not say she belongs to me <laughs> because mm-hmm. she was so filled with light. And so that's, again, the mystery of today's feast day mm-hmm. of this woman who, whom God had already begun his work to change not only Mary, and uh, but to tr- transform us mm-hmm. through her gr- full being full of grace. And the beautiful document on the Immaculate Conception highlights that singular privilege that she received um, in the mind and heart of God the Father from all eternity, from the v- before you know we even have an understanding of time. Mm-hmm. You know, He thought of her and prepared her, and um, and um, allowed her then to. Uh, to be part of our world. However, we still have to, um, as Pope Benedict said very recently, Mary is the mirror of all holiness. When we look to her, we can see what we are to become, as he puts it. We can see the process to which we are called to walk. You know, what does it look like to be holy? Look to Mary. So I have to say, oh my God, when I look at Mary I th- I, and I see the sinless, pureless, you know, already chosen by God, Again, I have to ask, what's the difference? What, what is it that I have to understand, or what's the similarity now? What can, I, what can I identify in Mary? And so the question has come up over and over again. Could Mary, did Mary have free will? Could Mary have said no to God at that moment of the Annunciation? That um, will help me to enter into dialogue not only with God, but also with Mary. So let's pause for a moment. What do we, could Mary have said no? Well, I'd like to read, um, um, I think some of you know, and I thank uh, the, uh, our listeners, what a wonderful response I received on the Mary challenge to this question, could Mary have said no, uh, reflecting on Mary's in- immaculate conception and how that played out in her daily life as a woman who uh, bore a child uh, who happened to be the Savior. <laughs> <laughs> how, well, how do we relate to this lady? You know, How is she for us a mirror of holiness? How do we walk and journey with her? Um, and what does she have? Um, Pope John Paul II said over and over again, attend the school of Mary. Attend the school of Mary. And listen to her um, and learn from her uh, the ways of holiness. And, of course, Pope Benedict con- completely concurred. In fact, he said, to be really church, we have to be Marian. You know, that the two go hand in hand. To really fully live our faith, we have to be Marian. So what are all these things mean? You know, how does this translate into our daily language? Um, so I received all kinds of responses and um, from theologians, from moms with kids, um, from single and married, and each one more precious than the other. And I would have to say you are all right. There you go. Nobody, nobody, there's, there's nuances, there's understandings, there's depth and, and theology behind some, but there was just a natural awareness that, you know, the truth is written in our hearts, says St. Paul in, in, the, in his letter to the Romans. Truth is written in our hearts. So to pause and to pray, the first lesson, I guess I want to underline this, just maybe as a formator and one who wants to encourage people not to be passive about their faith. In fact, again, Pope Benedict said not too long ago, um, take time and study, not just in books, but also in your heart you know, what your faith means, and find ways to express it. So thank you, thank you, those of you that responded. I'm sure many of you were thinking about it. You might not be a writer, 
And so, um, uh, but it's important to put it into words for yourself. This is from a young theologian. His name is Antonio Cavalajo. He is originally from Brazil. He is now uh, residing in Columbus, Ohio. Um, he will be uh, teaching at the, well, he's already teaching at the uh, Josephinum and um, finishing up now his doctorate in uh, Mariology. But a very simple, um, uh, delightful, uh, vibrant young man. And, he's, and I'd like just to start with his, because he has spent, as he put it, uh, I have meditated for many years uh, with the help of St. Thomas Aquinas. So I'd like to start with just a thought from uh, Father Antonio. And so he starts by saying, God created us free, and that's a fundamental point. But this freedom is, you, is used for good purpose. We are not free to choose evil. We are not free to choose evil. That's why we used to say when a person commits sin, the person is a slave to sin. Um, and just think about St. Paul who said, I have this thorn in my side. Think of the many times that St. Paul talked about being a slave to sin and that sin, you know, binds us and keeps us from being free. Mm -hmm. So a false concept is fr of freedom is that I'm free to sin. I am not free to sin. I'm free to do good. I'm free to say yes. St. Thomas Aquinas says that there is a mystery, but not about the use of freedom, because all of us receive grace in order to choose good. But there is a mystery between the personal relationship of our freedom and God. So, coming to Mary, we need to consider that she did not know any kind of sin. It is part of the mystery of Mary, the singular privilege of Mary. There is something very special that we do, some of us do not have. Let's put it this way. None of us have except for Mary. It is a singular privilege. However, it needs to be uh, interpreted in the light of the mystery of God's love. Mary, like all other creatures, was free to choose good. Mary was free to choose good. Mm -hmm. Now, could Mary have said no to God's plan? And this is, I'll, I'll name her, this is Rita Heichel responding. Now, Rita has never been uh, to a higher level of education for theology, though she has studied all her life. Um, she is a mother of four children, and just today, yet just yesterday afternoon at 439, she became grandmother. Uh -huh. Oh, oh praise God. Wonderful. And this was Rita's response. Could Mary have said no to God's plan? Gee, some of the angels said no to God's plan, and there wasn't even a tempter to suggest it at that point. Adam and Eve said no, and they weren't weakened by original sin. So Mary's immaculate conception did not rule out free will. And God wants us to love him, which we couldn't do unless we have free will. So Mary had free will. When I think of the Annunciation, I picture Mary hearing Gabriel's announcement and then turning inward to search her heart. She didn't just blurt out, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done to me according to your will. Nope. First she asked her question, and I think at the same time she, she searched her heart. She wasn't planning on saying no, but she looked in her heart to see if no was even there. And it wasn't. There was no no in any nook or cranny of her heart. Seeing that she immediately gave her fiat, her echomy, her yes, haven't you had the same experience? You understand that God is asking something of you, and you search your heart. It is an objective search. Like Mary, you aren't negative about God's plan, but step one in responding is seeing if there's even a no inside of you. You discover that you don't have a no inside of you, so you immediately say, Your will be done. 
It's one of those, and she puts in parentheses, for me rare, which I don't really believe, times when my will is in perfect conformity with God's. The yes is free and it is loved. Untainted by obligation or fear, the yes is wholehearted, whole heart, mind, and strength said yes in concert. And this really, theologically, is absolutely correct. Her Mary's yes and the invitation to us is our yes to be in harmony with God's will. Her basis was that she understood her identity. We have to understand who we are, created in God's image and likeness. We have stamped into us the image of the triune God. We have the beauty of, of God within us. And why would we say no and, and push that beauty down? Why would we say no and invite ugliness to come into our very being? No, that's not inside of me. Our journey is to purify our interior self, our interior life, so that there will always be a yes to God's will. We, because God's will will only make us more beautiful and more full and more uh, able to respond to uh, each new step that comes along our way. Does that make sense, Father? So, so it certainly does, yeah. The whole um, idea of image and likeness and uh, that very in our very core of our being, we belong to God. Mm -hmm. um, some might, in our church, in, our, in the Eastern church, we don't use the word that often supernatural, supernatural grace or supernatural life. Uh, often the fathers of the church would call it the natural life. Mm -hmm. The unnatural life is the life outside of God, the life of sin, the life of uh, saying no to God. So to be truly who we are is to respond yes to the grace that God pours upon us. God's whole plan for us is that we share with him divine life, that we are filled with divine life like like Jesus was filled and is filled and is the source of that, that divine life for us. And, and so that transformation already begins, begins with this feast day of uh, conception. We see that new creation beginning uh, in the womb of Anne, and now it's going to explode and it's going to overflow and flow upon all of creation. And all of creation will, will be changed by it, um, is changed by it. And so the Blessed Mar Mother Mary is, she really... Um, is the one who shows us the way of, of that constant yes, the constant resignation to the will of the Father. And uh, because she is, well, fully human, <laughs> in the mm -hmm. sense that Jesus is also hu fully human, but he, but he is conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary. Here Mary is like us, two parents, and, uh, and she was able to say yes, which gives the possibility for each one of us to be able to mm -hmm. say yes fully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As she was. Mm -hmm. Yes, she was given grace, but so are we given grace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's the same spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just want to just kind of recap for our listeners. You know, today is the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. And I know we're discussing uh, Mary's response to the angel Gabriel, because that also is in the, in the scriptures for today. Mm -hmm. And uh, But yet again, this day is about uh, Mary and the disposition of her soul, in essence, you know, whether um, it's about her conception and how God fashioned her. Um, this is not the, dis you know, this is not the day of the Annunciation of Jesus, the day that Jesus was conceived. So um, I just want to make that just once again clear, because for a lot of folks, especially those who may not be Catholic, they get a little confused. You mm -hmm. know, what is this Immaculate Conception Day? I know even in uh, at one of the secular uh, publications that did a review on the Nativity, they said, 
said that after yeah. Mary received the Immaculate Conception, she went to see her, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, there's just a, a big misconception about the Immaculate Conception. Mm-hmm. So I uh, just want to kind of reiterate that. And you have to go to church today. That's right. <laughs> today is a cake day. Today That's is a right. cake, cake day. day. Big feast day for all humanity. Today, as um, St. Justin the Martyr and St. Irenaeus and many of the early church fathers say, it's the day that the doors opened. You know, they were closed because of sin. They were closed because of Eve. But Mary's, yes, undid, unknotted, Mary's, uh, excuse me, Eve's no, and was replaced by Mary's yes. So it really is a day to celebrate Mary, who um, from all eternity was touched by God. Pre-redeemed. Now, remember, it is an effect. It is uh, as a result of the redemption. Mary was touched by Jesus' redemption. We have to, we have to stop and pause and think about that too. That uh, we sometimes think of uh, everything in you know it's one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock time. Instead, we're looking in God's time, which has no clock. It, wouldn't that be wonderful when we get to mm, <laughs> yes. eternity and there'll be no clock, no boundaries? <laughs> when we were waiting to come, Father would say, "Well, isn't it time? Isn't it time?" I said, "They'll call us," and I think that's the way it'll be in heaven. You know, God will call us when it's time because God will be on His time. It's it's an eternal time, and in eternal time. The redemption uh, won by Jesus, the true redeemer, is not Mary, but Mary was the key, was the door, was the gate. How many mm-hmm. wonderful images we have in the Byzantine church uh, uh, of Mary, you know, being that, that entranceway into paradise, uh, uh, that paradise lost, that we now have uh, that potential again. Isn't mm-hmm. that true? It's true. Yeah, we often like um, one of the the titles we have for her is the space of the spaceless God. Space of the spaceless yeah. God. We're, we're sort of the, the paradox of, of uh, how is it possible that divine life would, would enter uh, into her in such a full way. And yet it's true. That is the, the truth of our faith. And so, and that this begins today already in, in God's preparation of this woman. As you say, it, today's at feast day. We often, the, the name in the Eastern Church uh, was simply the conception of Anne, mm-hmm. or mm. uh, um, um, Anne's conception. So it was very clear, you know. Um, although the, the feast day goes back in our church, in the Eastern Church, uh, long before the uh, doctrine was proclaimed in, in 1854, uh, it goes back to, we have already the celebrating feast day in the 6th century. Wow. Uh, so December the 9th was, was, was dedicated to this conception of Anne, and uh, this wonder of God's beginning of our salvation, of God breaking through into the, the ordinary laws of nature and, 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 and doing something extraordinary here uh, to begin the redemption. So it was a, it's, it's been a very ancient feast day. Yeah. And we'll hear in the liturgy today, and I know it won't be an obligation, you'll want to go and listen to the beautiful prayers of uh, the feast day of the Immaculate Conception liturgy. They're absolutely outstanding in their theology. And if they're paid attention to, you will understand that it was Mary who was conceived without sin, who was then able to bear the Savior of the world. And one little line from the liturgy says that God the Father, we pray to him and we say, you let her share beforehand the graces of the redemption. You let her share beforehand. And then um, we will hear again um, a quote from Gregory of Nyssa, Hers is a purity without stain. 
hers is a purity without stain. So to begin to kind of taste the language also, to begin to have a mind, uh, a mindset, a, a mentality for the Immaculate Conception. And I think by next year, we won't have to explain that Immaculate Conception is not about Jesus, but they will understand that it was Anne's conception of Mary, that, uh, that the Father let her share beforehand the effects and the graces of the redemption. And that the basic doctrine is really quite easy. Um, and this again is in the, uh, uh, from the document on the Immaculate Conception. God, pre- God preserved by a singular privilege the mother of his son from all stain of original sin. This preservation occurs as the mo- at, at the moment of her natural conception. This moment occurred at the moment of her natural conception in the womb of her mother, Anne. So we, in our uh, Latin rite, we do uh, repeat the importance of Anne's conception uh, of Mary in her womb, and that Mary at that point was touched by the grace of God. Very simple. Mm-hmm. And she was preserved from sin. She was preserved from sin, uh, but she was still human with freedom. And we have to look at that freedom. And somebody had said in one of their notes to me, well, what about this freedom? Um, if God already knew she was going to say yes, you know, then really was she free? And I have a wonderful example and response to that question. Um, it didn't, he wasn't answering it because I gave it to him, but he was just answering it as he was reflecting. And this is Monsignor Vacari from Brooklyn, New York. And he says, um, I try to explain it by saying knowing what someone will do is not the same as making um, their choice. He says, a parent may know which dessert a child will choose, but that doesn't mean the parent makes the choice. God knows the day I was born and the day I will die, but that does not mean that God gave me birth or actively causes my death. You know that even though God knows that I'm going to uh, pick pumpkin pie because I love pumpkin pie, yeah. <laughs> doesn't mean that he's going to um, uh, stop me from picking right. apple pie. You know, But he knows that I will pick pumpkin pie because I love pumpkin pie. You know, and that he knew Mary would say yes because she loved God's will. So that, and, and she couldn't, there was no, no inside of her. There was no desire within her. Um, and we also have to, to remember our theology here because um, it's important to remember that not in, in the fact that she did not have original sin, this is St. Thomas Aquinas speaking, so the inclination to turn away from God was not there as it is in the rest of us. The inclination to turn away from God was not there. But also the effects of original sin have a darkening of the intellect, a disorder of the passions, and a weakening of the will. They were not in her. So she did not have that same inner resistance to God's will that some of the rest of us might have. But what in us helps us to overcome the darkening of the will, the disorder of the passions, and the weakening of the will? What do we have within us that allows us to follow in Mary's footsteps. Grace. Grace. And where does that grace come from? $100 question? This is really a $1,000 question. Well, through our baptism. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Our baptism. Mm-hmm. We have within us a pool of resource. And we need to dip into that pool on a regular basis. We need to pause what Mary teaches us in her life as a result of her Immaculate Conception, as living out and receiving continually in fullness um, the grace that she received, is that we too have to pause. And my personal reflection uh, that comes from just understanding Mary who said, well, how can this be? 
Now, how could a woman who is conceived without original sin, who has no concupiscence, no tendency towards sin within her, how could she say how? Does that mean that she was, wanted God to prove it to her? Because right before her how was the how of Zechariah. Do you remember what happened when Zechariah says, how can my wife, the, the barren one, have a child? What happened to Zechariah? Got smacked down. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> <laughs> he got smacked down hard. He did. Yeah. He yeah. did. He he was quieted immediately, uh, muted. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they put the mute button on him, you know. But Zechariah's how was the how of the skeptic. God, prove it to me. But back into the scripture and a wonderful um, scripture exegete wrote to me and he said, but the how of Mary was the how of believer. The how of Mary was, let it be done to me according to your will, which means let it unfold and let me walk with you, God. I may not know what's tomorrow, but I trust you. Mm -hmm. The how of Mary was a woman of trust. The how of Mary was a woman in confidence, confiducia, that I have trust in God who created me, who wants the best for me. What we can learn from Mary in the school of Mary is to have trust in God's plan in our life. What we can learn from Mary is to pause and look within and find the graces that we need today, at this moment, not tomorrow, not the next week. You know, anxiety has no place within us if we will pause often and recall that God wants the best for me and that God gives me what I need at the moment to say my yes, my fiat, my echo me to God. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Very so, much so. Yeah. I think, you know, it, it was real simple for me when I really prayed on it and I realized in the title that she's had for so long is The New Eve. Because when you were reflecting on Thomas Aquinas and how she was uh, filled with grace and uh, she wouldn't have said that because she wouldn't have known. There was another woman who was filled with grace who was created in the image of God and her name was Eve. Mm -hmm. And yet even having the same type of knowledge, she turned from God. Mm -hmm. You know, Mary had a choice. Mm -hmm. She could have done the same thing that Eve responded because essentially they had the same – That and Eve did not have original sin. Mm -hmm. She did. She was – uh, as scripture says so clearly, created um, in the image of God, that he created them male and female. Yeah. And she chose, even though, and I know you read that whole list of things that, you know, she had experienced God's presence. She knew there wasn't even sin in the world surrounding her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she chose it. Mm -hmm. So, yes, Mary could have chosen to say no, but her, in her, that's what makes her heroic. Mm -hmm. That's what lifts her up above the angels and makes her queen of the angels. Because the angels, uh, I mean, there. When we talk about the angels, there was even Lucifer, who was it is said was the most, you know, the most beautiful of the angels and the most intelligent, and he fell because of his pride. And yet through her humility and her reception, she said yes. And so as Mary stands, her foot is on the head of of the serpent. Mm -hmm. She defeats that through her humility and not her pride. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she could have chosen to say no. And that's what makes her so mm -hmm. an incredible, a, you know, a disciple, the, the, the queen of the apostles. Mm -hmm. the I mean, first she's, disciple. Exactly. Mm -hmm. She is the one, if she can do it, if this girl can do it, we can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's a it's a technically she could have said no. Yes, she could have said no, uh, but because of her already um, um, desire to do God's will, this didn't just come you know as it said immediately. This was as a result of a daily growth in using the graces that God had given her. 
And this is this is Mary who day by day walked with God, who listened to the scriptures. The early fathers and the church uh, um, theologians often speak of Mary who was already living in readiness, but a readiness that came gradually. Mm-hmm. And we need to be living in readiness, readiness for what God asks us each and every moment. But that takes, it takes um, on our part, initiative. And Mary had that initiative. She was not a passive little weak doll, you know, that uh, was being uh, used like a puppet, uh, you know, for God's purposes. One woman wrote to me, and this is really kind of a startling statement. She said, if Mary had not had free will, she would have been, and I hate to use this, but she would have been raped. And in the myth- mythical gods, this was always the case. You know, the gods of uh, gods with a small g, of course, came down from from their heavens and raped human beings, and that's how we came up with many of our 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 how stories. Hercules, exactly. And so many well, that's others, the prime yes. the yeah. prime example is that one. You mm-hmm. know, kind of thing. So I think that's something to recall that Mary was able to fully utilize the graces. Yes, technically she could have said no, and technically we can all say no. Mm-hmm. But if we're really striving to, and using on a daily basis and have that exercise, then our yes, as Therese of Lisieux, she always has to get her word in here, when her conversion came and she finally took hold of that grace that she had received, she said, I walked from strength to strength in the footsteps of the giants. You know, And that's the, the choice of the saint of which we're called to be. Mm-hmm. That's the choice of for one who is living out that image that's already imprinted within us, that we are created in God's image and likeness, that we are sons and daughters of God, you mm-hmm. know. So really, there is no no inside of us either. Uh, though we can get lazy, and we do have, you know, um, that residue of original sin that Mary didn't have, so we have to, to, make, we have to make use of all uh, the gifts and graces we have to keep us strong, which would be like today to go to not only to celebrate the liturgy, but to receive Jesus in the Eucharist, to find that uh, the bread of life. Mm-hmm. Mary conceived the word, um, says St. Augustine, in her womb uh, through her yes to the word, and then yes to the seed which became the child. First, she said yes to God who asked her. She said yes to the word. Will you? Yes. <laughs> 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 and then and then the conception happened. Yeah. The key are the virtues. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It's a walk of virtue. It's a walk of virtue. And I'd like to close. This is um, a prayer, a poem that was submitted by one, um, a, a beautiful lady who loves God and who reflected on the question. And she said, and this is her prayer, and I'd like to close with this prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ask for Father's blessing, of course. O Mary, listener and doer of the word of God, you who freely responded to God's plan of love, intercede for us. Teach us to be silent, still, open, alive, awakened, alert, receptive and responsive to God's demand of love every day, every moment. O Mary, free and gentle woman, teach us freedom's true meaning. Blessing, Mm -hmm. please. Um, May our Lord God... Through his grace for all of us, bless us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 May you have a happy feast day of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thanks you for much. coming, Father. Thanks, Father. So nice and to you have you too, here again, Teresa. Teresa. It was great to be here. Right. God bless you. Thank Take you. Take care. Have a very Merry Christmas.